The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana Mahmood and I have another wonderful show for you today. And I have a wonderful guest who have actually had the pleasure of um, interviewing previously as well. Um, so today on the book club show, we have Tahir Adil. He is a Luton based poet and spoken word artist. He has an MA in creative writing and poetry from the University of East Anglia. He was um, poet in residence for Wells Next the Sea in 2019. His poetry has also been published in Ambit, Smoke Magazine, The New European, Gulf Daily News, Glassworks Magazine, TEDx, Poetry London Magazine and Poetry Salisbury Review. Um, And he's also the author of The Names and The Divine Names and The Divine Names is the amazing um, poetry collection that we will be talking about today. Um, so I'm just going to go straight and welcome Dahir on the show. So assalamu alaikum Dahir. Alaikum assalam. It's honoured to be here again and thank discussing you. another book. I'm very excited. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out um, obviously to, to be um, talking about your work and obviously this new um, book that we've got um, obviously the delight of discussing today. Um, but let's go first. Um, obviously, it is Ramadan. Um, we are well into um, Ramadan and in the last um, 10 days as well. Um, and I guess I just wanted to know how has your Ramadan been so far have you had a particular routine that you've been following maybe you had a particular intention at the start and you know just to to kind of yeah get a feel for that um <laughs> when it comes to intentions and goals i guess for ramadan um i treat it the same way i treat new year's resolutions in the mm. sense that i try to not be as hopeful as the rest of, <laughs> of humanity uh, i set my goals um quite low uh, in terms of expectation. Um, It's only 30 days. So my overall overarching objective would be just to gain proximity with God really uh, better than I have had uh, in the part in in the three uh, 30 days prior to that. Uh, In terms of routine, there's a lot of sleeping involved. Uh, Don't like to admit, but Mm. it does help uh, (laughs) me get get over the line. Uh, But yeah, I have spent a lot of time reading and writing. And I found that's a great way to kind of uh, work through the hours. And I'm Mm. I'm writing a novel at the moment, which is quite different to poetry. So Mm. that's taking up a lot of my time in a very good way. Mm, And serving is a very good distraction as well yeah i'm sure that's amazing so kind of excited to hear that so so yeah that means i know we've already just started this show but i'll have to have you on again then once um, (laughs) the novel is done inshallah yeah Um, fingers crossed yeah no no definitely um so okay let's come to um obviously your your latest book which is um the divine names um could you tell um the listeners a little bit i mean obviously it's kind of in the title but what the inspiration um behind this particular you know poetry collection um and and book is and exactly what is it that that um readers can um, expect from it the inspiration i'd say is split into two parts um first part um and i'm guessing the majority <laughs> the vast majority of the listeners probably don't follow me on instagram but the inception came i'd say three years ago when when i developed a fascination with names in general especially arabic names and arabic words um so i started exploring the definition um and the etymology of arabic words about three years ago in the form of English poetry. So English poetry in conversation with certain Arabic words. And that began with uh, concepts like love um, and objects like the moon. And uh, just a reminder for the, for the listeners, there's about 28 names for the moon mm-hmm. um, in Arabic um, and over 30 names for love in Arabic. So those that's where my inspiration stemmed from. And then eventually, um, as I was sharing this on Instagram, these became poetry collections uh, in themselves. Um, and then I went through kind of a spiritual, um, personal spiritual dilemma where I decided 
what since I'm learning about Arabic words and the divine names and nine names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are Arabic words and they have their own definitions and terminology and we all know you know the definitions of the attributes themselves in basic form uh, but what if I have the same conversation that I'm having with these basic Arabic words uh, and have them with the names um, of God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and that was the core intention. The core intention wasn't to make this a body of work. Rather, it was for me to explore. And it lasted about 18 months where I'd share a single name with a line or two as, as a, a poetic conversation. Um, that resonated with a lot of um resonated with me as well because I was not only writing a single name for a single uh poem for a single name but rather I'd, I'd end up writing about five or six for a single name and then breaking it down to one either as an amalgamation or um mm-hmm. just deleting forming one which I think would would suit uh that particular name so it eventually became a whole body of work inadvertently uh, and it followed with the whole mm-hmm. cycle of previous work that i've done and ended up becoming a manuscript in itself uh partly because a lot of people come to me saying where can we find printed version of this or where can we find the whole collection as as a whole um so i felt like there was a need for it to be out there um and at one point I felt like it was it was time for it to be a printed book uh, but I wanted it to be different so I approached the publishers in a different way um I wanted this to be a charity project and I've got mm-hmm. a few friends that work for a specific charity that I felt uh, very close to because I've seen uh the work on the ground and I've seen how it impacts people so I decided if I do end up publishing this book, I want the the proceeds to go to a charity where it will end up become a Salak Fajaria, um, mm-hmm. not just because it's a beautiful work about uh, God uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but also because it's attributed to a charity. So I thought there was additional uh, benefits and barakah that can come from that. Um, so that's how it came to be, really. That's, you know, and it's thank you so much. Such a beautiful kind of journey, actually, just to, to know, um, I guess, the intention behind it. And obviously, you've mentioned the fact that the proceeds will go to, to charity. And obviously, we, we know it's Ramadan and, um, you know, the big kind of drive to, to really you know, in terms of generosity and, and, and in terms of that giving is, you know, really lovely to hear. Um, and I think, you know, just from listening to what you've said um, about that book that you've written, um, The Divine Names and that kind of conversation in terms of um, the, the particular attribute of, uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also, I guess I'm thinking, you know, that the power of language in, in and obviously your work, not just this kind of um, body of work, but even your previous ones. How does all of that kind of play into your writing, the fact that you have access to um, language in terms of English and then obviously Arabic? And um, how does that, I guess, um help in, in in yeah in your writing and, and the way you go about it uh, so recently i don't know if it's true or not but somebody shared on instagram this kind of graphic uh where it shows the types or the frontal lobes or or the other lobes of the brain where uh different languages activated different parts of the brain and different bridges in the brain and this could be all myths <laughs> and mm-hmm. i could have got sucked into the whole aunties yeah. what's up forward <laughs> uh, drive but uh so apparently different languages activate different bridges in the brain different parts of your creativity um sometimes i've re- realized recently is especially when the topic it surrounds an Arabic word or an Arabic concept or Islamic concept. Um, I do think differently when it comes to the writing of the poetry, uh, despite the poetry being in English. Uh, so maybe that all feeds into multiple parts of the brain um, combining and, and and deciding to work together mm-hmm. to produce work in a different way. Um, I've always been fascinated about bilingual poets, bilingual artists, um, and, I, I, and I've always wanted to know the science behind it. 
but in terms of how it feeds into my faith, uh, poetry written about my faith, I, I feel like I've always said this about poets that that have uh, faith-led inspiration and motivation. They've got a type of inspiration that not a lot of poets have that have command over language uh, because having command over language is one thing, but having inspiration that can feed into it and, and inspire you to write um, does provide you with an additional platform. Um, and that's always been the case when I've been amongst academic circles where there's other poets involved and, and the main struggle for them is, is finding the inspiration. And I suppose having language and having faith as an additional bonus, it definitely helps yeah. as a writer, as a poet as well. Yeah. And it's such a, you know, kind of really interesting, I guess, dynamic, isn't it? The fact that having access to, yeah, to language and like you said, how, how faith kind of plays a part of it, because very early in your book, you know, the divine names, um, I think it might be part of the introduction. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that this poetic exploration does not intend to attribute meaning nor specify that which is known, but rather it is a conversation of a poet with his Lord and creator, um, which I thought was so wonderful. And, you know, I was reading it it kind of gave me a, a goosebumps I guess um and I think you know how would you say then as a poet who's living in obviously the UK but is delving into language in terms of you know Arabic and English and and um having this kind of fusion almost how is your work then like received in in different spaces or when you're you know um approaching maybe different publishers or at different events i was kind of interested to to know what that experience has been like for you um yeah no i the good thing about social media in, in 2023 is it allows uh, everybody from all walks of life to follow you for different reasons right so um, my my poetry is appreciated on on, on various different levels. Um, there's people that you know have no faith that follow it for for the pure joy of reading um, a poem put together in 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 great uh, language and poetic language. Um, there's others that follow for faith reasons that follow me for kind of a, a spiritual boost. Um, although I don't claim to be a sage or anything close to that, uh, but I do explore uh, spirituality. I do explore religious elements, um, and and that's something people find uh, beneficial uh, and can uplift them uh, probably more than it uplifts upli uplifts me. So that's a bonus in that sense. I've always said. Poetry in itself is a spiritual technology um, in the same way. Um, the best metaphor for this would be probably if you're in a home country, a hot country, let's say somewhere in the Arab world or somewhere in India or Pakistan, where we've got these um, kind of roofs. I don't know if mm -hmm. <laughs> you've seen, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, but to, well, I'm struggling with the words here. Mm. Uh, so, so, so normally there's a roof, mm. um, and in this roof, it's like sunbathing heaven, but except, except mm -hmm. there's no chance of sunbathing because it's way too hot. Mm. But it's still access to the sun and it's yeah. access to the kind of uh, to the sky. Mm. Uh, and I see poetry in that sense where you feel closer to the sun. Mm. Uh, or closer to a divine source, but you're not really that close. It's almost the illusion of closeness, but that is enough to bring you closer in the moment. Uh, and that's why I've always said that's how I see poetry as a spiritual technology that kind of elevates you and takes you closer um, and, and takes others. So the, the whole beauty of poetry is that you can, you could write something and, instantly have that thought to another's mind and them to feel the same emotions to feel feel the same proximity with a source that you are feeling in that moment it's almost magical in that sense um and i've forgotten what, what the question the original question was yeah no uh, I mean, yeah. yeah oh sorry sorry yeah carry on yeah Oh uh, yeah, and I've, I just remembered uh so publishing so that's an interesting part so a lot of people come up to me with um you write about faith how do you get published if you write about faith? And and the the sad answer is it's very very difficult to 
be published, especially in this day and age, irrespective of faith, mm-hmm. uh, for faith-based uh, poetry. And that's why I've decided to dissect my poetry into themes uh, and some of them are language-based, some of them are spirituality and faith and religion, mm-hmm. and others are you know, tackling the, the concepts such as identity, mother tongues and kind of isolated topics like that and i found that i've had more luck in terms uh, on the publishing front if i do uh, if i did uh, kind of operate in that way so my islamic poetry was published by an islamic publisher mm-hmm. and my uh, kind of mainstream uh, work has now been published by uh, or is to be published in september by Burning Eye Books, which is kind of a mainstream poetry publisher. Um, and that's the best way, unless you're exceptionally famous uh, for other reasons or famous as a poet, then it's easier to get your work out respective of theme or respective of topic. Uh, but somebody like me who's, you know, in the infancy of his journey, um, that would be the best way. Uh, and that's the struggle a lot of writers and poets have at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, you've touched um, quite on quite a lot there, which is, you know, uh, amazing because, you know, I like what you said about um, poetry as a spiritual technology, because you're right, it almost um, transports you into a completely different dimension. And there's this element of transcendence, you know, in what you spoke about. And I, I actually, I did like the example of, of you know, the, the, the idea that you're in this kind of courtyard and you've got this access to the sky or you know that that kind of divine source but yeah you're right I think it's um and it's really important you know to, to acknowledge the fact that there that I guess there are challenges when it comes to um maybe a person of, of faith or a person of color you know trying to um get their work out into the the world the creative world or the, you know the art sector um but no, it's really promising to hear that obviously you've got, I guess, that kind of body work, which, you know, for example, what you just said in terms of Burning Eye books, I think is great. But you also have this, I guess, you know, a, a different audience, you know, depending on what the work is and what you're putting and what you're creating, which is um yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's something really good and something to aspire to. Um, and I mean, so obviously the book itself, so the Divine Names, like you said, this was something maybe slightly different in terms of what your intention was uh, behind it. Now, obviously, you have um, collaborated with um, another artist uh um, on this book, which is um, uh, Adil Abadi. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about that? Because this isn't just a collection of, um, I say just, I don't mean that way, because obviously it's poetry, it's beautiful, but it's also accompanied by um, some kind of really beautiful artwork. So could you give us um, an idea of how that collaboration um, has been and um, and obviously the thing, the slight drawback of radio is we're never able to see the actual physical um, book. So if you could explain, you know, what the, the reader would, you know, um, in terms of visually what, what it might look like. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm I'm very excited uh, to explain this part because it's, yeah, you, like you said, it's, it's quite different to what I published before. It's quite different to a lot of poetry collections in the sense that it's um, not just a poet in conversation with uh with a topic and, and theme, but also an artist. Uh, so Adil Abidi is a very popular um, mm. kind of Islamic calligraphy artist, but his work is also quite unique in the sense that it's not just typical calligraphy-led uh, artwork, but also it's very visual, it's very, the colours are, are very vivid. Um, mm. I find it very difficult to s- describe his work, or and I find it very difficult to describe any artwork, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But He's definitely an artist that people should, you know, see. Um, um, he's based in New York at the moment, but he's an uh, expert, um, lived in, in London most of his life. Uh, so the collaboration uh, started off with the intention to have an artist on board, not necessarily Adil Abidi. Um, and I, I wanted the book to be a visual, so I wanted the book to have a visual counterpart, something uh, the readers could not just uh, read uh, and enjoy, but also enjoy from a visual aspect. Um, I've, that's always been something that I've aspired to outside of um, the, the publishing world as well, outside of publishing books. I, I like to see poetry alongside art. It's just one of the, 
the things that I like to see. So I wanted um, somehow to have the word, uh, the names of God uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al- alongside poetry and art. And that was <laughs> the challenge uh, ahead of me at the time. This was about a year ago. And so I spoke to a friend and obviously I mentioned the, the, the charity part. Um, so initially the primary objective was to publish a book, whether we find an artist or not, and for it to go down the avenue of uh, the proceeds going to charity. But oddly enough, the charity that I was partnering up, uh, partnering up with had a connection to Adil Abidi, who was actually at the top of my list of artists that I actually wanted to collaborate with. Uh, so I, when I did mention his name, they're like, it's your lucky day, as in we can <laughs> contact him. Uh, so like, subhanAllah, as in my intention was to work with a charity and then finding out that the same charity had a connection with the artist that was at the top of the list for me to collab- collaborate on this project. So they did contact him uh, and he somehow found it a, a good enough project to work with uh, and he was more than happy to listen. So we had those initial conversations um, and this is where it's tricky because uh, especially uh, working with artists in the past, you do not want to dictate to them what you want because mm-hmm. they would like to explore a topic or a theme themselves mm-hmm. and it kind of takes away their, what's, what's the best word for it? Yeah. Uh, autonomy or yeah. mm. creative freedom and 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 they thrive on that creative freedom to you know explore and create pieces that are original um so that's what we done we 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 went in with the idea of here's a poetry and the publisher was nice enough to even break down the poetry into themes at the time. So earth and heart and all these themes that she realized were common amongst a few of the names. So we broke that down and we provided that as a kind of canvas for Adir to go through. Uh, And he then had his own conversation with the names Uh, and obviously producing 99, um, art pieces wasn't uh, a feasible, wasn't a feasible request on our part. So we didn't request 99, but we did decide to break it up into nine art pieces. Um, so, t- uh, and then break, uh, breaking up the nine, nine names into nine themes, overarching themes, and then obviously having the 10th art piece being the cover itself. Mm. Um, so there's 10, which is a very generous amount for for an artist that probably produces about 10 in an entire year mm. uh, anyway. So mm. he's produced this magnificent body of work, uh, bespoke to this book, bespoke to the names of Allah, um, bespoke to the poetry as well. So he had multiple conversations, which was interesting because um, mm. he had the conversation with the poetry itself, mm. uh, an artistic conversation, and then a conversation with... Uh, the themes that we've set, uh, we broke them down and then with the names themselves mm. uh, and the overarching theme had to all blend in together. So it was very, very interesting to see how it worked uh, and we communicated throughout. And I I was simply impressed with what came out. And I think everyone should have the chance to appreciate this, whether you're a fan of poetry or a fan of art or, or simply want reminders, uh, daily reminders about the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, and I just, you know, because I, I received the, um, the the divine names and obviously I, I had a look through and you, both the poetry and the artwork is just kind of sublime because it... Um, they both complement each other so much. And I think the idea that obviously this is dedicated to the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it even more kind of profound, I think, for me. And and myself as somebody who, you know, is just enjoys anything kind of creative and especially poetry to have this accompaniment, you know, to, with, with the artworks and, you know, and, and it's true, the artworks are just um, amazing and the way that they um, kind of feed into, um, uh, the the words that obviously that you've written um and yeah it's just absolutely wonderful to see and um there's so much i think that you can 
kind of delve into as a reader because it's partly trying to explore the meaning behind the words but then obviously having a look at the artworks and seeing okay what you know so it's like having two artists for the price of one you know it's amazing because you've got so much depth and so much um you know in in the work itself um, now we are um, approaching the end of the first half of the show. So today we are talking to um, poet and writer Tahir Adil about his new book, The Divine Names. And this is in collaboration um, with Adil Abadi. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things that you need to get, I think, your hand uh, hands on um, this book, inshallah. And obviously we'll talk a little bit more in the second um, half of the show how you can do that. But there'll be more questions about the book itself, about the journey um and we'll actually talk a little bit about some of the examples and maybe we can pick um some um, names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which are featured in this book and talk a little bit about that but in the meantime we are headed over to um the break and we will be back in a few moments assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum this is atif nawaz listen to inspire fm shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on apple podcasts or spotify Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the Book Club Show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana Mahmood and today we are talking to um, the wonderful writer um, and poet um, Tahir Adil about his book, The Divine Names. In the first half of the show, we spoke to Tahir a little bit just generally about his kind of goals, intentions um, for Ramadan um, and how the month has been for him so far. Um, we then talked a little bit about the journey behind um, his book, The Divine Names, and his collaboration with um, artist um, Adil Abadi. So basically, The Divine Names, I was saying actually in the first half of the show, is um, an opportunity to really delve into um, the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way which is really creative and artistic. Um, Tahir mentioned the idea that poetry is almost like um, this spiritual technology that can help us become closer to um, the divine source. Um which I think was a beautiful way of kind of explaining it. Um, this idea that, you know, the power of language, the power of of um, just any kind of visual um, kind of artwork can be something that transcends what we would normally, you know, experience and it becomes something which is very profound and meaningful. Um, so what we're going to do in the second half of the show is talk a little bit more about um, some of the the content of the book itself, the divine name. So I'm going to start by asking um, Tahir, is there a particular divine name that you might, you know, um, feel a bit more kind of closer to, or a divine name that might you might call upon more often than maybe compared to others? Um, so yeah, maybe if we just start with that. Uh, I think that's a difficult question for, yeah. for any of us to answer, um, but. There was a, an interesting anecdotal experience that has happened to me uh, in the past 18 months while developing this body of work and, and having these conversations with the names. Um, there was one particular name um, that didn't resonate as much as it did before this kind of experiment. Uh, but when I started analyzing and writing to it, um, it became a very... Uh, quote unquote strong name for me to call upon um ironically it's the name al mateen which comes from strength um and and the verse that i chose to write to it was do not doubt the strength of your heart for it can house the word of god something mountains cannot um so that became a name that not just resonated but provided my life with a, a semblance of strength, mm -hmm. um, a reminder that God's strength lies in us all uh, and he provided us with a vessel uh, that can contain him and contain the names mm -hmm. uh, and, and his words, whether they're the Quran or his names. Uh, and this vessel is strong enough to withhold and withstand uh, this divine power. So... Uh, where mountains previously, according to Quranic verses, um, would crumble if if they were to accommodate for the Quran itself. Mm -hmm. um, so this kind of exploration, going back and forth with certain names, definitely provided me with a new set of 
favorite names and there's a lot of them now um but previously when people recall the, the names they always you know they mention ar-rahman ar-rahim the ones they've memorized right and mm-hmm. and, and they and, and it's become their favorite because it's other you know in the deeply embedded in their subconscious from childhood mm-hmm. but i think upon reflection i think if a lot of people go down this route of reflecting and having their own conversations with the names they'll realize maybe perhaps uh, their favorite name isn't the same name they thought it was mm-hmm. and for different reasons and and the same names that provided them comfort they might they might find an additional three or four that provide them with more comfort in that moment mm-hmm. and in that in the in that phase of their life and I, i think you know the beautiful thing about the attributes of god is uh, they do help you in different phases of your life as well uh where there's parts of where you're you're feeling low uh, part, uh phases in your life where you need that extra bit of strength and and you seek the the stronger names of god mm. um or you know there there's names where if you're say in a, in a circumstance where you feel like you've been unjustly handled uh perhaps you're in a war-torn country then the words of uh, that resemble vengeance and and ratha are names that you could call upon um so there's a wide spectrum um of meaning etymology and 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 strength that comes from these names yeah and i think that's such a beautiful reminder actually the fact that you know we can um, i mean through obviously the the book that you have the divine names have or take opportunity and maybe carve out time to really sit with those names and see how obviously they they kind of resonate because i think you're right in a different context depending on the different experiences that we're having it might be a different attribute each time that you know really might you know mean something you know to us or might bring us some sort of, like you said you know comfort um so i think that's a kind of wonderful um actually I probably will do the same and obviously the fact that it's ramadan but even outside of ramadan this idea of um you know there'll be many people now in this month at this time um potentially sitting at tagaf whether it's in the masjid or at home this idea of taking time out for this um i guess seclusion so we can really reflect you know to be able to take time to really f- reflect on you know the um the divine names is something which you know i inshallah will bring you know a lot of benefit um now even you know early on as part of the introduction in your book um you basically say the most beautiful names belong to allah so call on him um by them which is obviously from surah al-araf um and then it says i surrendered my pen and it returned with a remedy i surrendered my words and they returned with your names um so where did that particular kind of i guess verse um I guess come from you know it's just it's just really beautiful way of I guess introducing us to 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 the book the divine names Yeah it's uh, for me it was that, that that particular verse came as kind of a summary of my 18 month experience of uh writing poetry to the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I felt like it was transformative for me um I wanted it to be transformative so perhaps that did feed into that um i i came into it with an open mind uh and i love that the human experience also f- kind of fed into what i perceived to be the meaning of the names and therefore i went back and forth deliberating on what the meaning to me is um we obviously know kind of you know there's commentary on the names there's scholarly commentary on the names there's also arabic foundations uh entomology that explores the names uh as root words uh so there's a there's a ton of different analysis you could do on the names uh but i think what drove me is my own human experience um to find and connect with a certain name in a certain time and then not just connect but also analyze it through different means and uh, go back to it in a week from now um so if there was one particular name that i felt this is what i felt it means to me in poetic form i kind of kind of redrafted that week later to see if it still meant that to me um and that's why you know when i see this body of work the first instinct is to encourage people to do something quite similar in fact to to not use it as a as a basis but rather as a kind of um I wouldn't say inspiration but kind of a guide to 
how they should approach the names themselves uh, and see how they feel. Uh, but it all, it all feeds back to the divine mixing with our human nature and human experience. And I think that's the beauty of these names because it humanizes attributes which are all ultimately beyond us and divine mm -hmm. um and it's very hard, hard to kind of uh, mm. kind of articulate into words yet they've been beautifully done and they each possess uh, an umbrella of feelings and emotions and, and potential uh inspiration that could just come out of a single name um and i think those are two great things um that can be used uh, so not just the analysis of the Quran, but also the analysis of of the names in our day-to-day -day life. And I think if we'd done that more often, we'd probably see um, some sort of spiritual development. And, and that's why I concluded or, or began the, the book with that verse, mm -hmm. uh, because that's how I felt at the end. I felt like I invested my time in something and I received something in return, which was beyond my imagination. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the reader, I think, would potentially feel, you know, the same way um, re reading the work. Um, and also, you know, this idea that we have um, obviously access to something like this in this kind of creative way, I think is really important as well. Um, and I guess one of my um, kind of next questions was that is there a particular um, kind of poem that you've written in um the divine names and like an artwork that accompanies it which, which is um i mean i don't uh, i i don't want to say favorite necessarily but something that maybe while you were in the process of of creating you know this work that really um yeah resonated with you in, in particular and, and what that process was like you know obviously working with um Adel Abdi as well yeah uh <laughs> the easy uh answer would be yes um, I have always been fascinated by fascinated by space and every uh, anything uh, to do with space and, and the and, and the orbits and the stars and everything you can imagine. Um, I grew up watching, uh, so, so that was always something yeah. that appealed to me. Uh, so there is a four page part of the book where it's just names that focus on the Earth. As, as a planet or um, as the names as part of this kind of otherworldly um, space-related uh, um, entity. Mm. And, yeah, so I would say there's a few names that I like because of that and because of the artwork that Adil did. Mm -hmm. uh, the best example would be the name Durjilali Walek. Kram, uh, and the poem uh, that accompanies that would be he who filled the sky with an eternity's worth of stars would not leave your your heart empty mm. uh, and there's a lot of poems like that that look at the stars and the galaxies uh, El Badia for instance he uses the chosen to bridge heaven and earth just as he uses dark ma matter to mesh galaxies together mm. um, so this whole section just looks at the stars and space and galaxies through the names and through the poetry as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I'm completely in love with this section. It's definitely my favorite section and it's the section I go back and forth to. It's not necessarily the words that res uh, the names that resonate with, with me the most, but it's definitely a section that is my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So another one would be the Rahman, which mm -hmm. is, a favorite name of many uh but in this instance i've chosen to describe it in a celestial manner so it's when hearts remember him they find rest and that is why he's littered the sky with signs and that's uh, that's that alludes to the stars being signs and and that's what what we see and read in, in the quran as well the stars being signs everywhere we go uh for those that uh, would like to understand um, so that would be the favorite yeah. section and I can go on about it forever. No, and uh, I, I know I, it's kind of almost unfair putting you on the spot because if you, if you were to ask me, I definitely wouldn't be able to because I definitely have favorites everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> section, I'm like, oh, you know, um, but I think what was really interesting for me is somebody who's got, um, 
like a, a background in kind of science and and and, and that um, kind of subject. Um, there's obviously one particular artwork, which is obviously calligraphy that you can tell is meant to be, you know, about kind of, well, it's meant to look like lungs because we're talking about breath and life and, yep. um, you know, and I think for me, um, Al-Wadud, you know, has been one of... Um, a name that I've always really, um, I think, call upon a lot. So it was so lovely to to see that accompanying um, artwork, and obviously again the 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 words that you've written for Alwadud. So a love that heaves before our breasts are known, a love that runs as we stroll. You know, it's just really. Um, it's just I don't know. I can't actually explain it, but it, it really is something that. Um, it's lovely to see aesthetically um, the yeah. fact that obviously what you get in terms of the book itself is you, you have the Arabic, you then have um, the, the transli- transliteration of um, the divine name. And then obviously we have your words, but also then, you know, you have this beautiful artwork as well that helps you almost, um, I, I think, connect in a way that maybe you wouldn't just um you know, if it was just like on a blank page, if that makes sense. So there's there's so much going on, which I think is really, um, you know, it's just beautiful and 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 it's you know so meaningful. Um, so I think another question that um, I had was, if you know, where then you've just kind of explained some words that you really um, that really meant a lot to you because of your own interests and stuff. Were there any particular ones that were maybe more difficult or, you know, slightly more challenging for you to, to write and, and then, um, you know, and how maybe, I mean, obviously I know we're not obviously isn't here, but yeah, how that kind of process was and what maybe a challenge or some difficulty might've been. Yeah, no, there, um, there definitely is. The, uh, some were, some names were difficult because, you couldn't simply write a one-liner about them uh, and you felt like you, you were doing it injustice. Um, so the whole point of, of, of the project was to kind of uh, concentrate a pa- the power of a, a name that is, is you know, is probably holds the weight of an ocean in a in a single line of poetry, which was an, a definitely a, a difficult task in itself. Um, so that was one challenge. Um and then the other challenges were were the names themselves. Some names fed into poetry quite easily. Just mm-hmm. describing the name was poetry in itself. Mm-hmm. Others had kind of a, a deeper meaning, uh, or what we'd like to say. A few of the names had, you know, the direct etymology of the word would be negative co- uh, connotations. So approaching mm-hmm. those names in a way that. Did, didn't do a disservice uh, and and kind of analyze the entire scope of the name. Uh, so what I learned is through uh, reading the commentaries, so the official commentaries by scholars of uh, centuries about the names themselves, is sometimes what we assume the meaning of a certain name to be isn't necessarily what it actually means. So there's obviously the Arabic root words that feed into the definition and terminology of a name, but there's also kind of a contextual uh, definition uh, that scholars have, you know, attributed to the names themselves, which are quite different. Uh, so understanding them uh, was a challenge. Um, names like El Mudil, uh, who, uh, which normally, as a direct translation, uh, would come across as quite negative, uh, but it's actually a name that is protective. So isn't seen as kind of an aggressive name, but rather a protective name. Uh, and when you see it in a protective light, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, so yeah, it's, it's a name that focuses on kind of reprimanding those that have ego and pride mm-hmm. uh, and those who overstep in that regard. Uh, and the reason for that is a protective reason to protect those that can't um, are, are kind of you know uh, done a misjustice uh, uh, by those that have expressed their ego and pride to to overcome those that couldn't quite speak up at the time. So it's uh, it's a lot of the names like the Quranic verses require context as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having those conversations in poetry with names that are heavily contextual uh, was quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it meant that I did need to approach kind of primary sources um, to ensure that I wasn't, you know, 
saying something that I shouldn't have been saying. Uh, but as I explained in the very beginning, it is a human experience, this book. Uh, a lot of it is not my interpretation, but a rather a poet's conversation with how he's feeling in that moment, describing those names and what he understands in his limited nature as a limited human being with a limited human experience. Um, but yeah, those were the challenges and the names that I found very difficult to kind of have that conversation. But I found the most difficult names are the names that are very common that have so many ways of explaining. Mm. Uh, and then deciding to choose one line of poetry to describe that name and what it meant to me, that was uh, almost disheartening because I felt like I could write essays about that particular mm. name. And then I wasn't allowed to because I had to keep in with the body of work and ensure that it's consistent uh, but then it became there was a beauty to that because each uh, line of poetry didn't weigh too heavily it flowed into one another and it became kind of a, a complete project that way Mm. No, and I think, you know, in, inshallah, it's something that, you know, will be received well. Like you said, obviously, it's a it's a human endeavor, but, you know, it is also, um, I guess, almost, um, you know, it, there, there's an element of it being a gift, you know, the fact that we're able to um, read the divine names. And obviously, you've, it's important that you've mentioned the fact that obviously each name um, and each attribute, there'll be obviously a context to it. And um, and again, I think it's important to know, like even for yourself, that you obviously then had to maybe go away and maybe do a little bit more, you know, research. And we know even anything kind of attributed to um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Quran, you know, we have the seed, which is like so, so long on just maybe one ayah. So I can only imagine, you know, the task <laughs> that you had in trying to you know encapsulate uh, a name in, in in just a sentence or two but you know like alhamdulillah and you know i think it's it's amazing that you've been able to um been able to do that um and so what is it do you hope that you know a reader will um have like the divine names what benefit that you know you're hoping that reader will take from the book and you know of course there'll be you know lots of benefits you know for even for myself i think you know that there's so many but is there a particular way that you want a reader to maybe engage with the book um and and, and what benefit they might take from it yeah i think my objective would be achieved if i manage to create um kind of a loose blueprint of how one should approach uh, the names themselves and, and how they should approach uh, having kind of a, a connection with all the names, be it in the form of reading or be it in the form of writing or be it in the form of art, um, just having a connection uh, and using this book as a blueprint to how one person who's no better than anybody else has managed to have this conversation and inadvertently this connection with his Lord through the 99 names in which he approached it through the guise of poetry. Mm. Um, so that would be what I hope the readers will take from this, that, you know, there isn't just the 10 names that we, you know, we say in our prayers or uh, and, 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 and you know, memorize because they're very popular. There's also other names and they also have different meanings. And, and what's interesting about the 99 names is there are names that are very similar. So, you know, mm. the Sabur and Sabur, like there's different versions of the same root word, but they are different names and they mean different uh, things in, in different moments uh, and, and understanding what they could mean to you in those different moments is quite um, a beneficial thing to take in uh, and I learned that I didn't I wasn't aware of this uh, and I'm an Arabic speaker uh, so when I dived into this 18-month experiment uh, that's why I ended up learning is a lot of the names despite their attributes being quite similar aren't a repeat of one another mm. and they're not there just to emphasize on a specific attribute uh and because that's what i thought initially i thought you know this attribute so important that mm. you know god uh, has chosen three or four names uh that are quite similar but mm. that isn't just the the reason there's a ton more reasons and you, mm. when you dive into kind of exploring these names you understand them um so I would say in terms of 
what the re- uh, going back to what the reader should take from it is have that conversation, have that connection through the names, uh, which is an additional bonus to what we have in our prayers um, and and with the Quran we have uh, and with the hadiths and you've also got these names which are a beautiful corpus of uh, work which in itself unlimited amount of knowledge and and benefit that one can you know simply grasp just by having a conversation with it absolutely yeah and um so can you let us know where we're able to um source um the book from the divine names and how people can follow your work just to to, to end the show on yep so unfortunately uh we were planning to launch the book at the end of Ramadan uh, but that does not look like it's going to happen so we're hoping it potentially becomes a, a kind of an aid gift for, for many of you um, uh, it will be available on Amazon it will be available directly from the publisher which is some behind the cloud publishing uh, and from what I've seen with previous books uh, a lot of uh, other online retailers will probably be stocking that and and selling them. So online retailers, uh, they will be made available, especially in the United Kingdom. That shouldn't be an issue, but Amazon primarily. uh, So search the divine names, hopefully in two weeks time at most. uh, So hopefully before two weeks, but um, if you do search uh, the divine names, Tahir Adil on Amazon available to purchase. Uh, And I'm really excited for many people um, to get their hands on them absolutely and i think what you said about being an eve gift would definitely um be um a wonderful eve, eve gift so thank you so much for, for sharing that um and also um maybe just to end on, on on the last point which you um wrote in terms of referencing um the quran that in surah al-isra west um 110 say call upon allah or call upon the most merciful whichever name you call to him belong the best names um so that was tahir adil um talking about his um book the divine names which you will be able to get your hands on inshallah very very soon so do keep a lookout for that um in the meantime please do keep us in your du'as especially in these last um, 10 days of uh, Ramadan. And uh, we will be back again very, very soon. Um, so, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.